In today's show, we're talking Oklahoma City Thunder and their fantasy value for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team which is pretty interesting from a fantasy perspective and shit that can go all different directions with this squad for this upcoming season given the uh, the um, somewhat... Uh, for lack of incentives for them to win, I guess is a uh, fair way of saying it, or the fact that it's going to try and be as bad as possible for most of the season would be my guess. But let's just go through this team and have a look at how things look uh, for a fantasy perspective. And we'll start off by looking at the schedule. They have 47 quality games. Not a surprise that they are on the higher volume days and they don't need to be showcased by the NBA that much. So when you're looking at fringy type guys and free agent acquisitions from this team, they only have 47 quality games, which puts them at the lower end of the scale. 51 is about in the middle. So they are below that. They also have 14 back-to-backs, which is going to be, I think, a problem for guys like uh, their presumed starting center, Derek Favors. Their other young guys will be fine, but we saw at the end of last season when Shea got hurt, he was just done. And then Lou Dort was sitting every second game because he was here shouldering too much of the offensive load and making them too good down the stretch. So that is going to be a concern. Their playoff schedule is not bad. 11 games in the default Yahoo playoffs, which is a 4-3-4 schedule. It's the same schedule for my default playoffs, which end on March the 20th. It's a 4-3-4 for 11 games, which is tied for the most games over that three-week period. So that's all well and good. But I don't know who's going to be playing for the Thunder at that point. Will Shea actually be be playing? Will Derek Favors be there? Will it be Isaiah Roby and Alexei Pokashevsky running the show? Will Josh Giddy be playing 35 minutes a night? I think that's a pretty high. Uh, well, it's a pretty good odds that that ends up being the case. But who knows? Like they are, they've got this great playoff schedule, but you just don't know what's going to be happen. Or you're going to be getting your 40 minutes of Jeremiah Robinson Earl in your championship week. That's a possibility as well. They are such an unknown for this upcoming season that does make them hard to have any sort of reliability from a fantasy point of view for this Thunder team coming up for this uh, for this NBA season. So let's have a look at some pressure points on this squad. I think the number one thing there is Derek Favors and his rest schedule. We look at it and go, I assume Derek Favors is the starting center. That might not be. We're going to talk to Ryland Styles of Locked on Thunder later today to talk about his thoughts on the rotation. Is Derek Favors plays 30 minutes a night, which he won't. He just won't do that. He is a top like 70 fantasy guy. But does he do that for 40 games? Do they sit him every back-to-back of their 14? Do they just sit him random games? Do they just shut him down post-All-Star like they did with Al Horford? I think that's a high possibility. Is he traded? He's fine as a late pick, Derek Favors. Take him in the last round, sure. But there's so much risk associated. Now, he's ranked 101st on Yahoo. On a per-game basis, I think he beats that. But I wouldn't take him there. But then you go to ESPN. He's ranked 253rd. I take him in the last round every day of the week. I get top 90 value for two months, three months. Top 70 value, maybe. And then I just move on. 
And that's why you're knowing where you're drafting and where players are ranked is, is vitally important. He's 112 on Fantrax. That's not bad. I probably want to let it slide a little bit further, but it's not bad. The other question is how hard do they tank? Because last year they played they played well above themselves and their luck in close games was significantly better than you would uh, expect from a regular team. And then they just said, well, we're winning too many games. We need to shut this shit off. So Shea, and it was a legitimate injury for Shea. Like there's no, I'm not doubting that. But there was no need for them to push through with his plantar fasciitis. Al Horford's was bullshit. Yeah, Lou Dort's sore knee was probably bullshit. Yeah, a lot of what they're doing was ridiculous towards the end. And if they do you go that hard tank again, which I think they probably will, yeah, that's going to impact the value of a Shea. And, and, and I love Shea Gildas-Alexander, but I'm going to be loath to draft him just because of this problem. Like he's ranked 28th on Yahoo, 25th on ESPN. He's at 32 on Fantrax. I think that's exactly right for where he is on a per-game basis. But I don't have any faith that he's playing every game in March. It's at that, And we talk about playoff schedule. Like I'm not worried about playoff schedule. I'm just worried about is Shea actually going to play enough games? They've invested in him. He's the future. When he's there, he'll play lots of minutes and he'll be good. He, he, was, he was unbelievably good last year, Shea Gildas-Alexander. 27th ranked player in fantasy on this high usage. He doubled his assist rate. He had true shooting of 62%. All these numbers are insane. But if they tank hard, then it's going to be hard to have him towards the end of the season. And may, maybe he plays 62 games for the year. Like, who knows? It is a, uh, I think it's a genuine concern. When we're, we're making draft picks and those draft picks happen to be on the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're sweating about your selection of players from the Thunder, maybe you need sweat block. The doctor created, doctor recommended antiperspirant product that just helps deal with hyperhidrosis and excessive sweating. We know this can be an embarrassing problem. If you're at work, you're at school and there's all of a sudden big swimming pools under your arm, nobody wants that. Sweat block is the answer. You, you wipe it on before you go to bed, go to sleep, wake up the next morning, have a wash, Go off to work, go off to school, and it covers you for up to seven days. This is tested. You've, you've seen the test for firefighters on the Rachel Ray show. Who works in a hotter environment than the firefighters? And it cuts the mustard. So save 20%. Go to sweatblock.com. Use our promo code locked on, and you will save that 20% off these great, great antiperspirant wipes. They're also at Amazon. They're at CVS, but save the 20%. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on. This might be a familiar story for you. You're you know, dealing with watching your sports on one device and then you want to stream your favorite show and you got to log into something else. And then you watch your highlights on your phone and then you go and get your neighbor's login to watch something else that you want to watch. Everything's so cluttered. It's all over the place. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love all in one place without the hassle. It's a great way to get your TV together and it is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you've got just one place to watch your favorite shows, movies, and live sport. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's look now at some breakout candidates. I think Isaiah Roby is an interesting one. Now, we'll talk to Ryland later on about his thoughts on this. I I sort of think that he might have some different thoughts on Roby than I do, but I, I think that very, very easily, Roby can be the starting center playing 28 minutes a night on this team. I have absolutely... In a 14-team league, I think he's an excellent pick. In a 12-team league, I don't mind him as a late-round guy. 
Roby was 179th in 23 minutes last year. He's at 149 on Yahoo, 191 on Fantrax, or 183 on ESPN. You take him in the last round, and look, if they say opening night, Isaiah Roby's our starting center. I'm not going to be shocked, and I don't think you should be either. And that is going to provide some really, really strong value for you. So he's got some real breakout potential. I think Alexei Pokyshevsky has got massive breakout potential. A three-point shooting, shot-blocking point guard who gets assists, who's seven foot tall, who's not afraid to take shots. Yeah, let's go. Now, the problem is his field goal percentage is going to be really rough. But I believe, and I'm going to talk with Ryland about this as well, I believe that he is a far better prospect than Darius Baisley. I think there's a chance that he starts opening night over Darius Baisley. And I don't, again, don't mind taking him late. He's got a ranking of 272 on ESPN. Ridiculous. You take him in every league outside of 12 teams. And even then in 12s, I don't mind him as a last pick. Because if he hits, if he plays 30 minutes a night, and if he hits, say, 43 instead of 39 from the field, you're talking a top 100 guy. So there's real breakout potential there. And I will throw Baisley in there as well. Baisley, we've seen the workout videos. I don't believe in Baisley as a good player long-term. And despite what you may think about what I said about Baisley last year, what I said was I love him as a last-round pick, but his price was getting inflated too much because what I was looking at is someone had to take the shots on the Thunder. He took some of them, just none of them went in, and he lacks in a lot of other areas as well with his passing. And some of his defensive stats didn't translate over. But he could get that starting power forward spot again. Maybe he hits the shots at an even semi-passable level, and he does break out. I'm not writing off Darius Baisley. I think Pokyshevsky is a better option. But it could be Baisley who hits that role and, and blows up. Um, and so taking him with a last pick, no problem. No problem whatsoever. Again, don't inflate it. That was the problem with Baisley last year is that people kept inflating his value. But if you're getting him in the right spot, then it's great. Let's talk some fantasy sleepers. Josh Giddy is an interesting one. Now, Giddy is at 136 on Yahoo. I still think there's a little bit of value in that. I don't mind taking him in round 10 in that 110 to 130 sort of range. I think he can crack the top 100 this year pretty easily. But on Fantrax and on ESPN's where it really stands out. He's not even ranked on ESPN, Josh Giddy. And on Fantrax, he's at 198. Like, I think he should get drafted in every single 12-team league, every single one of them. His ability to get assists, to get rebounds is really, really strong. I think you'll play enough minutes as there as a starter. Maybe some steals come along. Maybe the shooting will be rough, and I think it probably will be. But getting assists and rebounds from a guy at that point in the draft, maybe he gets six rebounds, six assists, 1.2 steals, gives you 12 points. Uh, that's really, really good value to me. Um, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is an interesting one, mainly because he's ranked at 609 on Yahoo and unranked on ESPN. There's a chance that he is playing meaningful rotation minutes very early on as a backup center and a backup power forward playing 20 minutes a night. Now, that's not going to make him necessarily a 12-team league guy, but 16, 18, 20-team leagues, he's a name to watch. Just He's just a name to watch. He doesn't particularly excite me long-term, but he is a name to watch. Roby, I've already mentioned, he's 183 on ESPN and 198 on Fantrax. There's great value in taking him towards the last round of a 12-team league uh, draft and also in every 14-team league. And same with Pokyshevsky, who for some reason is 272 on ESPN. There is absolutely no justification for him to be that low. I believe he was ranked better than that last year. Maybe I'm wrong on that. No, it was 283 last year. So, sorry, just a little bit off. Pokyashevsky's got great value there. I think that, again, in points leagues, you don't have to worry about the inefficiency for him in most cases. Um, so you can look at look at him as a pretty solid last-round flyer rather than someone who's you know, outside of the scope of 20-team leagues according to that um, uh, that current ranking on ESPN, which is obviously something that we shouldn't be uh, paying too much attention to. Let's... Um, 
go on to Fantasy Busts now. No, my son is also named Bort. Ah, yes, Lou Dort. People love Lou Dort. Really good defender. Really, really good defender. He played 30 minutes a night last year, and he ranked 239th. That is objectively horrible. Now, in points leagues, it's a little bit different because he cannot shoot, and he took way too many shots. But in points leagues, that didn't really matter. He was 154th. Still 30 minutes a night. He is you know, quite a good defender. Oh, he's a very good defender, but not a rebounder, not an assist guy, low volume threes, poor efficiency. He was out, had outsized usage last year, and I don't think he's necessarily going to get that level of usage this season, especially early on. And the reason I think he's a bust is that he's you know, going at 127 on ESPN, on Yahoo, sorry. His rank is 134. ESPN at 171 is about right. Fan tracks at 144 um, is probably marginally high. But I just think taking Dort when you're not in the last round, which is what that 134 would indicate, is a mistake. You want to take him with your last round flyer and you hope his efficiency sticks and he plays 32 a night and he starts bringing in you know, two steals per game and really improves all those other areas, fine. It's a lot to change, but fine. Yeah, taking him in round 11, yeah. round 12, yeah, maybe. It's not a massive, massive bust, but I think people are significantly overvaluing him. Points leagues, it is a little bit different. He is better in a points league. But in a category league, taking him at 130, 125, I, I just don't really see uh, the value in, in that, in, in taking him in that uh, in that area. Let's look at some deep deep league flyer now. I've, I've talked about Roby enough. I think, again, he's a 12-team league flyer, last pick in standard league, which you know, fits the subheading there as well. A real chance that he can be a starter very early on. Yeah, Baisley, again, another name that... Like, he was shithouse last year, but I don't think many people would believe that Baisley was actually a better fantasy player than Lou Dort in category leagues last year, marginally, but 232 versus 239. I don't think many people would know that. Um, again, I think there's a real risk that Baisley moves into a reserve role behind Pokyashevsky, but I don't mind that flyer on him. And as I've already mentioned, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who you can get in every single draft that you want. So every 20-team league, you take him because there is a chance that he, yeah, if Favors is there and then he's gone straight away or they shut him down and it's Roby and Robinson Earl, yeah, Mike Muscala, sure. Maybe it's Robinson Earl. You're getting some of these backup sentiments, playing 22 a night, filling in a role very similar to the way the Oklahoma City mudflap Kenrich Williams does. Just as plays solid defense, plays multiple positions. I can see Robinson Earl yeah, being that sort of guy. For this season, so there are some interesting options. But you could even you could say the Salt Flake Theo Maladon could be a deep league flyer. Maybe he takes that starting job instead of Josh Giddy. Now he was pretty poor last season from a fantasy point of view. Never really was able to crack the top 100, despite that increased role. And now Giddy's there and Shea is back healthy. So I'm not sure there's a ton of value in a, in a Maladon, but maybe it happens. Maybe he gets to that area. I'm not sure. What I am sure about, though, is Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Whatever your favorite flavor, raspberry, strawberry, orange, mint, brownie, cookies and cream, the goat, or one of their special flavors, grasshopper cookie, raspberry cheesecake. There's so many good ones out there, and it's not just about the taste. They taste like candy bars. We know that. But they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per bar. That is a fantastic nutritional profile, and you can get this great nutritional profile and this great taste for 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15, which is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at built.com. So go to built.com, get your boxes of built Bars, and save 15% off by using our promo code LOCKED15. Football is almost here. College football has started week one in the books. 
NFL, we're starting in a couple of days, and the best place to place your bets is at Bet Online. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Be sure also to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener Thursday, September the 9th between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will be refunded up to $25 if you sign up as a new customer using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take full advantage of all the offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's take a look at the rest of the players and let's start with Shea Gildas-Alexander, who is ranked 25th on ESPN, 28th on Yahoo, and 32nd on Fantrax. I think on a per-game basis, he could very easily top into the top 20. Very easily. He was able to get high usage, good assists, which I think dropped down a little bit as he plays more off-ball with Giddy around. So watch that. He's a guy that in the past got good defensive stats. That has fallen off with his increased usage. So watch that. But he's only 23. I think he can get to the line a little bit more. And that helps him. The efficiency is great. The worry you have there is that any sign of injury for a team that's not competing and he is locked in for their future for five more years after signing that huge contract extension, they're going to be cautious. So yeah, what's the over-under on games played for Gildas Alexander? He played 35 last year, half the season. I think that if he gets 70 games, it's a massive win, but prepare for 60. And that probably pushes him to me into that fourth or fifth round territory. So as much as I love him, I don't want to take that risk in round two. And you know how I talk about you know, guys being not injury prone and being injury prone until then, all that sort of stuff. That that I that is true. I believe in that, you know, wholeheartedly. You cannot predict an ankle sprain or a broken hand or a, a torn ACL. You can't predict it. But what you can predict is the Thunder are going to be bad. They have no desires to be good. And if Shea gets hurt and everyone gets banged up at some point in the season, everyone will get some sort of bang up. They will keep him out longer than other players. And he will sit at a 5% yeah, injury chance versus the yeah, 15 for other players or whatever it is. They will be extra cautious. And that is the concern I have with Shea. Not that he's injury prone, just that the extra caution. And I don't think they're just going to say, Shea, we, we love you. We signed you, but please don't play. That's not going to happen. But they will be like, yeah, did you hurt your ankle? Take a week off. Just just take it easy. When he plays, the minutes will be fine. But that that is my worry with Shea. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misplaced there. But I think I'd rather let someone else deal with that problem than uh, me deal with it. Maladon, as I mentioned already, was yeah, relatively poor last season, I thought, uh, from a shooting perspective. But the dude's only 20. He shot 37% from the field. He averaged just three and a half assists and 0.8 steals despite playing 27 minutes. Like They're really bad counting stats. I expect a significant jump in what he does this year. The problem is, on a per-minute basis, the problem is I think Giddy can, who comes in and takes his minutes and he doesn't play 27. He's not the starter. Now, he could be the starter. But to me, he's just a deeper league sort of player that I do expect an improvement in his um, in his efficiency. Kenrich Williams, the Oklahoma City mudflap, he just does what he does as a backup wing behind Dort and Baisley, and that's fine. He's never going to blow anybody away. While Ty Jerome, yeah, a little bit further down that depth chart now, probably back up to Shea, but with Maladon and Giddy there, he's not going to get many point guard reps. Um, and there's also Vic Krejci in the mix and Trey Mann they drafted. I'm not sure that Jerome's future looks all that bright. Mike Muscala was shooting the absolute lights out last year, 
But will they want to play him regularly? I don't think so. They've got Roby and Favors, and then they've also got Robinson Earl who can play there. So I'm not sure we're going to see much of Muscala. And I don't really rate Trey Mann. And again, there's a few blokes in front of him. Maybe he takes Jerome's minutes and gets into that rotation, but I'm not super excited. Aaron Wiggins on a two-way. I don't think there's much to like there. Well, Vic Krejci comes over. He was part of a trade last year, second-round pick from the Wizards, I believe. Traded to the Thunder. Um, Another point guard. Very interested to see if he can play at all, but yeah, so far down the depth chart, it doesn't matter. There is uh, Joshy Hall there as well, who, um, yeah, two-way guy. We didn't get to see uh, a huge amount from him last season. I don't think I don't think he's yeah overly exciting. And despite the reports, there was reports that uh, Gabrielle Deck, I could barely recognise my own dick, had gone back to Europe. And his non-guaranteed deal was done. But that hasn't actually come to fruition. We expect him to go back, but we don't know yet. We don't know whether he's going to be on this Thunder roster. It's either him or Charlie Brown that's going to be in that last spot. And if Deck is going back, I think it was to Real Madrid that the the, uh, rumor was, then obviously his NBA career was very short-lived. Regardless, his role is not going to be particularly large on this team, given the... um, the other players around there and Pokashevsky and Baisley and Robinson Earl and Favors and Roby playing at the five. He's not going to have a huge role, but maybe Dex on this team. Maybe not. We thought he was gone for sure. And now it's not, he's still very much up in the air. And we'll talk to Ryland about that later on today. Guys, that'll do it for talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder from a fantasy perspective. Actually, we'll just go through it again. I think Shea, again, the risk is real with him. Favors, great last pick. I like Giddy in the last rounds as well. Uh, I like Roby as a last round pick. Dort, better points league than category league guy, but fine in the last round. Pokyshevsky, great flyer. I'd prefer him to Baisley. And then you've got you know, Maladon and Williams and Robinson Earl and Jerome that you're know, probably not going to have too much of an impact. Guys, that'll do it for me. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Hit thumbs up, leave your comments, ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.